Listening Dog Media. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yes! Oh, yes! The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tires. Hello there. This is The Offside Rule We Get It, supported by Continental Tires, getting you to the game safely. Lindsay Hooper, for episode 11, I have my motley crew lined up, ready to go. To my right, Mina Rizuki. Say hello. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. Now, we know already, because we've had a little chat before we started the podcast, that you, you're in a mischievous mood. I know, I think that has a lot to do with what's going to come up later in the show. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We have a poem, everyone. Um, this is topic three. I've set us all, and this is just at the start of the month. It was National Poetry Day. We completely missed it, didn't we, Kate? Well, you didn't miss it, but we had to defer the topic for a few weeks. But I can see Lindsay was very keen to do it because she's bought it back. I have. I haven't missed this opportunity. So uh, I've asked you to write a poem that is currently about your own clubs. Now, if you need reminding, uh, Kate Borsay is a Liverpool fan, Mina Rizuki a Juve fan, and I'm a Wolverhampton Wanderers fan. And we will share our poetry with you at the end of today's podcast. We hope you cry with us. I have to say, Mina might get emotional, is, is warning number one. Warning number two is she said that it might be seven minutes long, which made Kate Borsay flutter a little bit because she's, she's a time stickler, is Kate. And you've gone really short on yours. I've gone four quick verses of three lines each, knowing that you guys will be staying with me all the way. Mine's also a bit flippant. So it's kind of more of a little ode rather than a serious piece of um, performance poetry. Can I say from a rhyming point of view, Klopp, you've been given an absolute gift there. But I guess it makes sense. You know, it's Liverpool. What more could you really have to say, right? And I'm so good at this poetry. I haven't had to rhyme with Klopp once. In fact, I haven't used Klopp in my poem. That's how unobvious I am. That's how my talents stretch. Like this, right? If I was going to say hello, I'd go my name is Kate and I am great and a very warm welcome to you. So I've already been practicing today getting into my poetry mode. 
my name is Mina, I laugh like a hyena and I want to be a ballerina. <laughs> Mine's I'm Lindsay Hooper and I'm definitely super. I don't know what else to say. Aww. Anyway, we'll leave it there. The poems themselves will be much better, I promise. Uh, we're also going to discuss today some very sad news over the last week. One of the all-time England greats uh, in terms of managers and certainly at Everton Football Club, Howard Kendall died at the age of 69. Um, too early nowadays, really, in your 60s, isn't it, to be going? But it's made us think about the great and good that have passed in football and who we would like to bring back to the modern game, the modern world of football and why. So you're going to pick one each. Um, I'm hoping that Mina's got the European angle covered. Don't you worry, I have that all covered for you. I'm not sure if it's someone who can never be reached, but it's definitely an icon. Because you are our European expert and to coin the phrase of another presenter that you've worked with, uh, you know everything there is to know. Thank you so much for remembering that. Although I'm going to be really struggling to live up to that reputation. I just thought I'd give you a big billy. Uh, we're going to start off, though, with there's no catching them. Cristiano Ronaldo out in front now at Real Madrid, the all-time best goal scorer, surpassing Real's record. It was coming. It's finally been surpassed. And I'm thinking about other players up and down the leagues across Europe, nod to Mina once again, um, so that we can cover players that have actually gone out in front and look like they won't be caught at any near point in the future so hopefully you've got that all covered we'll touch on the final of WSL2 no Sue Smith this week but a couple of lines from women's football and a reminder because Halloween is coming up I, I imagine that Mina goes to a few Halloween parties do you? Yeah I do in fact she could kind of dress as the Princess Bride but like the kind of Halloween version really really well you do Adam's family great you've got the Morticia hair oh I really could but you know this is a chance to look like an idiot when you're out so it's it's a holiday to embrace ladies it's a holiday to embrace you say look like an idiot, but what did you dress up as the last time you went to a Halloween party? Because I don't think you'll be in any kind of weird bogeyman's costume, will you? No, it's really a chance to bust out the corsets. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Uh, Well, the Halloween reference is just to remind you that the 30th of October is the deadline to vote for us in the Football Blogging Awards. We had a little pre-rehearsal to this. What category, Mina, are we nominated in? (laughs) Okay, I promise I know it. It's for the best podcast. Yes, best football podcast. Get voting. Um, What do you do, Kate? You just tweet, I am voting for at Offside Rule Pod um, for best podcast at the FBA. So if you go onto our timeline, just copy and paste it into your own tweet and that counts as a vote. We'll also put a link um, to go online if you want to not do it on the Twitter sphere. If you want to do it online, that's fine. The female take on football. So we'll start with there's no catching him and there isn't any catching Cristiano Ronaldo at the moment. He's out in front, the all-time leading goalscorer for Real Madrid and now hinting that he might leave the Bernabeu. I'm really fed up of this rumour. First of all, he says, I'm definitely not going anywhere. I want to retire at Madrid. Then he says, oh yeah, I'm looking for a move away. I've passed that record. I might be after new ventures now. Oh, just make your mind up. Um, But we will talk about other players that are out in front that have a record that maybe can't be caught because it's so good. Who would like to go first? I'm going to go with our guest, Mina, for this one because you you dilly-dallied. You snooze, you lose. Okay, so let me set the scene, right? This is really important. It's the 9th of June, 2007. This was the penultimate match of the season of La Liga and both Fabio Capello's Madrid, Real Madrid that is, and Frank Reichardt's Barcelona were tied at the top of the table with equal number of points. Madrid edged it due to the superior head-to-head record. Barcelona were leading local Catalonian rivals Espanyol 2-1 and meanwhile over on the other side Real Madrid were losing 2-1 to Real Zaragoza. This was it. Barcelona were going to win thanks to a brace from Lionel Messi. And then 89th minute... It struck the 90th. Van Nistelrooy scores Madrid's equaliser. 
They were now drawing. And all it took was a delicious through ball, which reached a certain Raul Tamudo, and bam, Espanyol scored the equaliser. This is where we start talking about this wonderful Raul Tamudo, who was, of course, the captain of Espanyol. And at the time, all his goals were scored at the last moment, always to great applause. At the time, Madrid-based ass dedicated their headline to him, saying thanks, Tamudo, while columnist Thomas Gorsch reported that was the F of the century. And orgasm screamed out with all your might. Imagine this was what was being written in the papers, because effectively he won Real Madrid the league. Tamudo was Espanyol's all-time top scorer with 129 goals and is the only player to have represented the club in official matches in all three of the stadiums. A youth product, he captained the side for almost a decade and as a striker, he never scored in single digits during nine La Liga seasons. An icon and a man for the big occasions, he was Espanyol's hero. Interesting. Uh, Kate? I've gone back, back. In fact, I've got a couple of records to mention, but the one that I'll mention first that relates to the league, I don't know if it's a record, but it's pretty impressive nonetheless. In fact, at this particular club, it isn't a record, but in this modern day, I think it might be. What about 146 consecutive starts for your club? That's pretty impressive, isn't it? That's what happened to Adam Collin when he was at Carlisle, goalkeeper. He didn't, by the way, beat the all-time Carlisle appearance record, which was 202 consecutive appearances for a goalkeeper way back when, sort of in the 1920s or something. What happened to him? Well, he was part of that team in 2010 that took the team to Wembley for the Football League trophy. He was released from the club and uh, off he went to Rotherham in 2013. If you recognise his name and you're a bit of a casual observer of the Football League, he was part of the team. In fact, he was the man who pulled off the heroics in the playoff final at Wembley to get Rotherham into the championship. Leighton Orient were winning two goals to nil. Rotherham fought back and our Adam Collins saved two fantastic penalties to maintain his 100% record, another record here, of over seven penalty shootouts and saving at least two penalties in each shootout. So there's another little record thrown in. Um, he's been ever present in the Rotherham lineup since, and I'm sure followers of the league will know his name. But for me, in the modern day, 146 consecutive appearances, I can't qualify that that's an absolute record, but that's blooming impressive. I've taken some inspiration from a story that's emerged recently. Uh, did you both see about Joe Cole now going yeah, on loan and playing for Coventry City? Yeah, Cole. League One. Cole and Cov, yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting. So I looked at Coventry City because back in the day, they were one of the finest oh, teams. Absolutely brilliant. Now down in League One, Joe Cole seems to be going backwards as well, a little bit as well at the moment, going on loan well, you there. Well, know, fair play to him for wanting to carry on to play the game. He's been here, there and everywhere, hasn't he? His career's never really recovered since leaving Chelsea and that includes time at Liverpool, West Ham, etc. But fair play to him for continuing his career and he doesn't need to in terms of finances. With a club like Coventry, why not? Well, we'll leave that one there. <laughs> You've made your point for Joe Cole, Kate, but it's not about Joe Cole, this. Um, it is about uh, the all-time goal scorer for Coventry City, which goes back to the 30s. Wow. So it's not a player that I'm familiar with, to be honest, but Clary Boughton, which all Coventry City fans will know yes, of. The Great Boughton. The Great Boughton. Well, he has 182 goals for Coventry, which is way clearer of anyone else. The next best goal scorer was also from the 1920s and 30s, William Lake, who got 123. But no one in the modern era of football, or since the 30s even, the end of the 30s, has come close mm. to getting those sorts of goals for Coventry City. I wonder if they'll ever return to that heyday and have a prolific goal scorer amongst their ranks. They tried to get Steve Bull, but no way, they didn't get him. A lot of these records, when you look at them,
them date back to the 30s or back to the 20s. And I wonder if it's just because simply teams weren't technically as good and they were letting in goals. And it was more like a game of school football where the goals are flying in at either ends. Another one, if you want to mention that. Most goals in a game. Joe Payne for Luton, 1936. Luton Town versus Bristol Rovers. Ten most goals in a game in the league. There you go. I think they will always stand those ancient... I don't know whether some people listening to this might be like, it's not too ancient, it's the 30s. Uh, But it feels ancient to us, and I'm sure for a few of our listeners. But anyway, those are a couple of examples. Any more before we move on? I was going to say Antonio Di Natalia for Udinese, wonderful striker, scored so many goals and refused to move to a major club, but really just wanted to stay with Udinese and help them fight the fight at the top Mm. of Serie A. And they did, managed it for a top four finish for several years. Of course, now it's proving to be a little bit harder. I've got one to chip in with, finally. This is the record that you don't want. The most own goals in one season. Dates back to the 30s, 1934-35 season. Bobby Stewart for Middlesbrough. Five own goals in one season. That's the record you don't want. Well, I will bring up another record in terms of appearances, just to mention in topic number two, and that's where we're going to go next. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and you're listening to The Offside Rule. Three girls talking about football. I want one example each from both of you, Kate and Mina, for this one. Everton's greatest ever manager, Howard Kendall, well, he passed away this week and it has had us thinking about other football greats that we really miss. There are so many. I wonder if there's going to be any overlap here. We'll see. I got inspired by one event in particular. I'm going to start with Mina. I actually have resorted to going back to my own club because I think this is the man who actually made me a football fan and a man who made me, well, who helped make me a Juventus fan. It's none other than Gaetano Shreya, who died at the tender age of 36, one of the finest sweepers to have ever played the game. We all know that Franz Beckenbauer may have been the man to introduce the role of sweeper, or libero, as they like to say in Italian, but it was Shreya who transformed the position into an art form. He was not only a wonderful defender, someone who picked up the ball and recouped any loose balls but he was someone who actually initiated attacks his capability of delivering the perfect pass and his involvement running down the wings allowed him to evolve the role so that he acted as the first line of offense one of the finest defenders to have ever played in the italian national team and at juventus he lifted the world cup in 1982 winning everything at club level including seven scudetti which is the league titles and all four major european trophies in a sensational career he has the honor of being remembered as a player that never received a red card. Imagine that as a defender. And a defender that scored an unbelievable high number of goals. In fact, the Curva in Juventus Stadium will always carry the name of the legendary Juventus captain. I think what's really important about him is that not because he was just a great player, he, he just genuinely was one of the greatest centre-backs to have ever played the game, Liberos. But he was a player that just inspired everyone with his humanity. Diego Maradona at the time said that he was a gentleman, a great opponent. His death gave me a lot of pain. Meanwhile, Dino Zoff, the great captain and, of course, goalkeeper who shared a room with him, used to say what he missed most was the silence in this world full of noise. This is what it was. Shereya was a remarkable professional, but more than anything, he always felt the privilege of being a footballer. He understood what it meant. He was known for his humanity when there was a fight that broke out between Juventus and Fiorentina. Rather than go in and you know start swinging and, and hitting his opponents and causing even more hassle, he actually separated the two. He pointed to the stands and said, your wives are watching, act like men. This is one of the great things that he did, but I'm just going to give you a quick story before I round this off. When Juve won the Scudetto in 1975, he made 
made the rare exception of going out on the night with the lads. This was in a wonderful story told by uh, James Horncastle. He got home at 6 a.m. and uh, so happy. He wanted to go out and buy a newspaper so that he can commemorate the headline, obviously. But as he was walking out, he, he couldn't bring himself to do it. Why? Because the newsagent was next to a tram stop which took workers to Fiat's factories. And he felt ashamed that he was able to go out partying all night where these people had to go to work at that morning. And he was like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm so lucky to be where I am. I don't want to go out in any way and make them feel differently. So it was his humanity. He was a wonderful man. He died so young. And everyone in Italy, and obviously Juventus fans, but rather everyone else in Italy continues to remember his name for the way that he played the game and for the human he was. And that's not the end of the Juventus chat because we have a poem <laughs> coming in topic three from Mina. So you've got you've got to wax lyrical about Juventus in this podcast. Uh, Kate. Best podcast ever. <laughs> well, mine's a bit of a vanity pick, actually. Just to ask the guy some questions because it's all a bit down in family folklore. I would like to bring back my great, great, great uncle Wilf Woodcock who played for Manchester United and Manchester City and England and some of this is family folklore some of this I have been able to look up and as the internet's got more and more knowledge in it as the years go by it's really funny because we're piecing together more of his history all that we have left of him is a trophy from an FA Cup final that's all that we have left in the family so a couple of things about Wilf Woodcock he joined Manchester United when he was 20 came from uh, his local side up in Manchester Stalybridge Celtic joined them at 20 stayed there for eight years Um, The war interrupted some of that. That was from 1912 to 1920. But he was known as a clever little player. This is what the Manchester Evening News said about him. He was a clever little player, nippy inside forward, much better than some of his colleagues, but he lacked strength. So that was the assessment of him. Interestingly enough, his manager at United, Ernest Magnall, left for Manchester City and actually after the war had you know, been done and dusted in 1920 and um, Wilf Woodcock thought he was in a position to ask for a pay rise at Manchester United. Now in these days, City were the bigger club and they'd won more and Manchester United were like, well, we're not having this. How dare you ask for more money? What a front! So this quite sort of aggressive little five foot eight forward... I'm suddenly seeing a family trait. <laughs> I know, so harsh. So harsh. So this nippy little forthright man said, all right, then I'm I'm off, okay. So off he went to Manchester City where he spent a couple of seasons. He went on to Stockport County and um, onto a a non-league side, Wigan Borough, at the end of it all as well. But I would love to ask the guy some questions. Apparently when he retired, he threw his football boots into the Mersey. Don't know why the Mersey. He was based up in Manchester. There's probably a story to that as well. And interestingly enough, his performances at Manchester United actually earned him a place in the England team. And the England team did actually play some fixtures during or kind of in and around the war, one of which was um, taking a team over to South Africa. And I just happened to see for the first time at Bonhams a couple of years ago, there was a little commemorative sort of tour badge awarded to Wilf Woodcock that was sold for over 200 quid at Bonhams. It was a lovely map of South Africa with kind of rubies and stuff on it. And then I also found on eBay, you can buy a signature for 85 quid. Those people wouldn't want him bought back. (laughs) No, exactly, exactly. So just for the family folklore and just to ask the guy what it was like to play across both sides of Manchester, I want to bring back Uncle Wilf. 
And where's that FA Cup trophy that you were mentioning that's the only thing that's left? My uncle's got it. Oh, mm. there you are. I'd hang on to that for dear life. I've gone for Gary Speed. And the reason I've done this is I've given Wales recent success at, at qualifying for the European finals. And the other reason I've gone for him is he was absolutely one of my favourite players when I was a teenager and in my childhood. I absolutely loved watching him. And um, Leeds United are also back in the press this week. I thought it was telling about them because they're in the press again for a number of reasons. Cellino, all this stuff going on with him. They sacked a manager, brought in a new manager. And I wonder what, what he'd make of this time at the moment with Leeds because when Gary Speed was at Leeds United, they were a force to be reckoned with. Um, a time when he was part of it, they won the championship back in 91-92. He was also the most capped outfield player for Wales and the second overall most capped player for Wales. And if you talk about records in the Premier League, coming back onto our first topic here, he actually had the most appearances in the Premier League up until David James surpassed him. So he had 535 mm. and David James went on to 536 and got a few more. And then later Ryan Giggs surpassed as well. But the sort of achievements that he had, I loved watching him. He played in consecutive FA Cup finals for Newcastle United. He went on and I think had he not had his life ended so shortly, he'd have had a brilliant managerial career. Mm. I'm sure he would have been at the helm for this achievement with Wales and that's not taking anything away from Chris Coleman but he obviously lay the foundations and wouldn't it be great to bring him back now to just rejoice in it and see what's happened Yeah totally, I mean it's such a testament to him that Wales have qualified for the Euros and okay Chris Coleman played a big part but there was groundwork done there by Gary Speed and you can signal the start of this new Wales revolution, this era of international football I'm Gary Neville and you're listening to the Offside Rule now, just before we get into our poetry, have you got your best poetry voices on? Are you ready for the rhymes? <laughs> yeah, mine's going to be sad, so let's start with something a little funnier. Oh, I don't know whether we should start with sad or funny, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to give a quick mention, though, to WSL2. Congratulations to Reading women who were crowned WSL2 champions. They will be in WSL1 next season. Also, England out in China playing some matches, so good luck to them this week as well. I've assigned you both the task of writing a poem about your teams. A reminder here, Kate's a Liverpool fan, Mina a Juve fan and I'm a Wolves fan. And it's how we feel at this current moment in time. Check out exclusive football content daily on OffsideRulePodcast.com we might get these actually written up so that people can digest them at their own leisure as well but hopefully you're in keeping and agree with what we're all saying do we start a little bit sombre and and bring the note up or do we I I think let's start with something meaningful and we'll end with something (laughs) ridiculous which is normally how this podcast goes that's you last then yeah probably (laughs) okay we'll do that we'll do it this way around Mina first okay I mean I've, I've obviously just totally exaggerated this you don't really need the Kleenex but this is my little poem I hope you like like it. Provoking jealousy and envy, she was always the one, the one who stirred debate, but was never outdone. Her owner's true gentleman, her players almighty, and between a thousand goddesses, she was football's Aphrodite. The Italians dubbed her the old lady of Italy, but we forget success often breeds hostility. Yet while so many fell due to the sport's unpredictability, Juventus gathered trophies with perfect consistency. A lady that believed in the Italian way, she provided the spine for World Cup winning days. Yet she rarely spent and always developed, for nurture is what makes this club so intelligent. Her iconic captains made a fan of me, for so few men can equal their humility. Between Shreya del Piero and Platini, she defended and scored with an air of nobility. The queen of her hearts, there will never be another. She radiates magnetic warmth like that of a lover. 
Her nuanced perfection promises to leave you breathless. Look a little further and you'll see the value of our Juventus. Now I'm wishing we hadn't let Mina go first. <laughs> I'm feeling totally inadequate right now. Oh, like, me! Totally, like, like I've never known someone to rhyme illity so many clever different ways. I, I mean, my rhymes are very basic. Why do you say this? Well, my boyfriend was like, ah, I don't like it. <laughs> It's absolutely fantastic. I mean, I've rhymed run and fun. Yeah, I've rhymed hair and snare. Do you know what it started out like? It started out like it was going to be a bit of a rap. It really reminded me of kind of an MC Solar French rap thing. It just, I think you should rap that, Mina. It would sound beautiful. I think we're going to have publishing houses knocking on our door for that one. And I've set myself up for an, a tremendous fall here because I said I'd go next. Right, this is Ode to Wolves. Any Wolverhampton Wanderers fan? Um, let's see if you agree or not with this. This is how I'm feeling at this moment in time. As you'll note here, Mina, I've dated this 20th of the 10th, <laughs> 2015. We got like a beautiful running history <laughs> of Juventus. Like that was encyclopedic stuff. And Lindsay and I, we've just gone for the here and the now. Right, let's see how I do. It's not often I make a racket, but I'm concerned for Kenny Jacket. He can't get a run <laughs> of winning for fun and it's costing the club a packet. Since Sacco went to Palace this summer, I've been starting to feel much nummer. Now Dicko is crocked and the defence is unlocked, it's turning into quite a bummer. Just when we needed his backing, Steve Morgan would rather be packing. He's selling the club without so much as a blub and is glued to footsie tracking. We all knew it, he was really a red, so mark my words, we'll be glad when he's fled. It makes me sad for Sir Jack, who was a true golden black, that the board and the staff were misled. The players could do without the not knowing to get the football back to free-flowing. We don't want to falter as things start to alter and the Premier League pot keeps growing. Ten points off tabletop as Brighton, the belief in the players must heighten. There's a fairly long way until the season end in May, so our grip on the league must tighten. That's brilliant. I don't know what you're talking about. That's amazing. It's okay. It's not quite Juventus. She blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we should have done. We should have put music at the back of our poetry. No, we we really shouldn't. Oh, I'm dying to hear kids. (laughs) Seriously, mine would be Benny Hill music if that was the (laughs) case. Like, if we were attributing music or kind of musical styles, yours would be a classical opera, Mina. Lindsay, I think yours is down with a good modern pop classic. Mine is... Is nursery rhyme territory. Inspired <laughs> <laughs> by oh your children. Oh dear, oh dear. Okay. Roll out the verse. I'm about to burst now that Jurgen's arrived at the pool with his transplant of hair. I'm hoping he'll ensnare the best from world footballing school. The fast pacey game will send fans insane. He might even author a new dance. One thing's for sure this Norbert's no bore for a trophy. He's our best chance. Very good. I I think that you've all done brilliantly. I really do. We hope that you agree and concur. If you've got your own poetry to impart, please do do so. Uh, We're at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter. I don't know that you'll fit it into 140 characters, but we've also got a Facebook page at the Offside Rule. We get it, so look for us on there. And please keep those votes coming in for the Football Blogging Awards. We have a deadline of the 30th of October Mm. to get your final votes in. And a quick mention as well for our very first series that we're starting on YouTube. YouTube. Kelly Summers is a Premier League offsider and her first video went up on our channel, The Offside Rule TV, this week. So check that out as well. Uh, goodbye for now. We'll be back with Hayley next week, won't we, Kate? Yeah. Uh-huh.
And Mina, you've got some more time to go and uh, write some poetry. I think you've got a career in the making. Yeah, I know. Seriously, seriously. Very, very good. Oh, the week after, by the way, we'll be at the Continental Cup final. We will be. And that's with Continental Tyres. Thank you very much to them, getting us to the game safely. How lovely to round off. (laughs) Watch videos and hit subscribe to our YouTube channel, Offside Rule TV. The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.